Hi everyone and welcome to Field Fisher's tech and digital podcast where we tell you all you need to know about European and digital regulation. My name is Laura Burton and I'm a partner at European firm Field Fisher based in our Silicon Valley office. Today I am pleased to welcome my colleague Anne Kalmir Leheim who is a Norwegian lawyer also based in our Palo Alto office and with whom I will discuss the EU copyright directive. Hi, Anna. Hi, Laura. So this directive on copyright in the digital single market has been the subject of intense lobbying. Leading up to the vote, there was a petition of more than 5 million circulating in protest over part of the text, while supporters of the proposed law were urging the European Parliament to approve the proposals. So it did finally pass uh, through the European Parliament, despite some member states strongly opposing it. Yeah, and as it is a directive rather than a regulation, it must be implemented by member states into their national legislation. Uh, so member states are giving two years for this, meaning that the new law will have to be localized by the 27 member states by May 2021. And UK, by the way, has said that the, it has no intention of implementing the directive due to Brexit. So, Laura, for people who are not familiar with the EU Copyright Directive, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Always happy to talk about the European Copyright Directive. Very exciting law, uh, at least for geeky lawyers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this new law uh, sets out to amend existing copyright rules, which were definitely due a refresh, to ensure that they fit today's digital world. It takes into account the fact that uh, the world and uh, business models have tremendously changed over the past 10, 15 years, and the law simply has not kept up to date. So currently, whether in Europe or in the US, online platforms distribute and publish copyright material without, in most cases, a license from the copyright owner. So these platforms and the internet in general are, of course, an incredible tool for sharing knowledge, culture, and of course, freedom of speech across the globe. And it has allowed the internet to become, you know, what it is now. However, uh, that usually means that few copyright owners are able to generate the income um, that they should. So we have seen the emergence of online platforms whose business models rely on third-party uploaded content whilst at the same time benefiting from safe harbor protection from copyright infringement as soon as they take down infringing content once notified of it. That is the same thing actually for the US and Europe. So these platforms have no real uh, responsibility despite financially benefiting from potential copyright infringement. With the modernization of EU copyright law, um, the European Commission is attempting to address the perceived value gap, meaning that some companies benefit from other people's work without redistributing profit in a fair manner. I think the European Union addresses the fact that it is essential to ensure that content, opinion, research can be shared freely, but also that copyright owners benefit from their works, enabling them to continue creating to ensure that copyright owners also benefit from today's digital economy, the copyright directive is first and foremost uh, focused on removing the safe harbor protection uh, granted by the e-commerce directive. 
and clarifying the legal framework within which online platforms operate by imposing new obligations of licensing, accountability and transparency. So, of course, it's a bit of a trick because although there's little doubt that EU copyright law needed updating for the digital age, the complexity of the task has led to extreme and opposing views on how this is to be achieved. And although a lot of critics have not been adverse to the idea of rewarding content owners for their works, they consider that the measures adopted in the directive are too onerous and too restrictive and that it may be the end of the internet as we know it. But two articles in particular um, have drawn all attention. Yeah, and that is Article 15, which protects publishers of prep publications, press publications, sorry. And then Article 17, which is about use of protected content by online, online content sharing service providers. And in essence, mm -hmm. Article 17 makes content sharing platforms directly liable for copyrighted material that's uploaded by their users. And the bit more specific Article 15 seeks to ensure that press publishers can benefit from the use of their work online. Um, and there is a huge amount of speculation as to how these provisions will operate in practice. As mentioned earlier, this is a directive rather than a regulation, and therefore it must be implemented specifically by 27 countries. Uh, and the member states do have some wiggling room as to how they implement the directive into their own laws and to kind of detail it out. So the key will be to see how each member state decides to transpose these provisions into national law to ensure, you know, a balance between interest of rights holders, online platforms, and also internet users. Yeah, and these articles have been heavily debated and have actually raised concerns not only from the platform themselves, but also from civil rights advocates, not-for-profit organizations, rights holders. So just to, to give you a little picture of what these obje objections were, um, People have been saying that uh, the directive is too vague and therefore hard to implement and enforce, uh, too onerous, both in terms of process and time, too expensive um, if companies need to deploy additional filtering and maybe overblocking as filters don't really recognize parody, comment or criticism. Um, so there is a legitimate concern that content may be valid content, may be blocked and potentially that the directive will limit the freedom of speech. So with this background, who is targeted by the key articles of Article 15 and Article 17? Yeah, so Article 15 gives rights to publishers of press publication. Uh, and the impact of this is on what in the law is called information society service providers. Um, and the article says that press publishers shall be entitled to benefit from the use of their work by such information society service providers. Uh, and those will typically be like news aggregators and also, for example, social media platforms that base services or are kind of part of them on sharing or resharing news and content that's published by the press. So Google News and Facebook are clearly in the, in the firing line here. And then Article 17 is targeted to online content sharing service providers. Um, 
and a content sharing service providers for the purposes of the directive um, will be services that have as their main uh, or one of the main purposes to store and give access to a large amount of copyright protected material and that this material is uploaded by the users and the platform organize and promote this content for profit making purposes so it's it's kind of a specific um, description but it also targets you know the big actors like you know facebook of course again a clear example youtube twitch and other platforms where users upload their own but also others uh, content um, and other services might also be included, for example, gamble, gaming platforms. And it's important to remember that due to this definition, if the use of copyrighted material is not an important part of the service or the service does not operate for profit, uh, and for example, Wikimedia, then Article 17 does not apply. Yeah, and the law also has a few exceptions for small businesses. So services that have operated in the EU for less than three years have an annual turnover below $11 million. So that's 10 million euros. And these have softer obligations. And the details depend on their monthly unique visitors, whether they exceed 5 million or not. There are also mandatory exceptions to copyright um, infringement in relation to parody, comment and criticism. Users shall not be prevented from using copyright materials for these purposes. And as mentioned earlier, this may be challenging in terms of filtering technology. So are we talking European businesses only? No, because this, uh, and that's the same way maybe as the GDPR, as some might know, have exterritoriality. So if your platform is used to publish third-party content which qualifies as EU copyright, then you are within the scope. And I think basically that means that any platform might be or should maybe considered to be targeted because it's, it, it's hard to locate where the copyright material comes from. Okay, so let's start a deep dive and take a closer look at Article 15. As you said, Article 15 is a new press publisher's right, which allows publishers to obtain fair and proportionate remuneration for the digital use of their press publications by information society service providers. I think you gave a few examples earlier, but these are big news aggregators, search engines and other online platform operators. Over the past few years, journalists and publishers have struggled to make a living with people choosing to access um, newspapers online rather than by the print version. And of course, for these articles to be reposted uh, by a number of platforms. So unfortunately, what this means is that every time the article has been republished um, without payment, it makes it very difficult for them to stay in business. So this provision of Article 15 aims to provide a fair marketplace, allowing publishers to seek licenses for the use of press publication, and then in turn for the publishers to be responsible to remunerate their journalists in a fair way, sharing any additional revenue that they receive for online secondaries use of said publication. Um, however, it is important to know that the provision does not apply uh, to hyperlinking, to the reuse of individual, individual words or very short extracts. 
platforms are still free to reuse snippets provided that they are very short extract or to describe an article before linking to it. Yeah, and it appears, Laura, that um, news aggregators, or at least some of them, such as Google News, they have signaled that they have no intention to press publishers. They say we sell um, search ads, not search results. So that means that they will probably take the path of continuing to, to hyperlink to news articles, but they will limit the amount of content they display in connection with the links to make sure that they are caught by the exception of individual words or very short extracts. But then, Laura, um, what about the even more debated Article 17? Indeed, and famous Article 17, or infamous, really. As mentioned earlier, um, this is the article that makes online content sharing providers, which I will call online platforms uh, for ease, directly liable for content uploaded by the users. So currently, these online platforms rely on the safe harbor provision afforded to them by the e-commerce directive in Europe or DMCA in the US to avoid responsibility for copyright infringement. Under platforms terms of use, users usually warrant that they will only upload content to which they earn the rights. As we all know, this is often not the case. And although a lot of people do upload personal videos, others clearly use the platforms to upload and financially benefit from protected copyright material. This means that currently online content sharing platforms have little incentive to monitor uploads and remunerate copyright owners as they're not considered liable until they are notified of an infringement by rights holders. Then, of course, they have a duty to remove said content as soon as possible. But the current method is not always effective and it doesn't prevent future uploads of the same content, nor does it tackle the revenue sharing problem. So since Article 17 closes this loophole, online platform must now ensure that they are authorized to upload the content on their sites. The intention of the commission was to encourage platform to enter into licensing agreements with the rights holders as, as it was done in with the music industry, one of the challenges will be that different industries may not be interested in that particular licensing model. And the audiovisual industry has indicated during the stakeholders' dialogue that they would rather license exclusively to certain distribution platforms, such as Amazon or Netflix, and um, rely instead in relation to other platforms on other parts of Article 17. So when no licensing agreement has been concluded with rights holders, platforms can still, in order to avoid liability, do a few more things. They can prevent uploads of unauthorized content, which means blocking the content. If they don't have a license, they just don't publish it. Act promptly to remove unauthorized content if it has nevertheless been uploaded and uh, make best efforts to prevent future upload of content that has been removed. So a few fallback provisions, however, it's not that straightforward to implement and a lot of them will require technological steps um, that are yet to be implemented. So Anne, assuming that you're caught by the directive, how can you prepare for it? Can you give it an action list of what you'd recommend? Yeah, well, I can try. 
Um, but first, it's important to note that we are still waiting for the European Commission's guidance that will be based on the stakeholders' dialogues, and those are still running. Um, and also, as discussed in the beginning, particular countries' implementation will be key to what the rules will actually look like in the end. So it's hard to give a definitive list, but definitely all of the things that you can do right now um, in order to prepare for this directive. So you should content map what kind of IP you allow your users to upload. And then also get an overview of your licensing agreements. What do you have and um, do you need more maybe? And then consider what industries you're dealing with. Gaming, is it audio, visual, print, etc. And what the industry's focus is. So will they try to remove content? Are they willing to license when this happens? Uh, so that will give you a little bit of a picture of what you will have to be dealing with. And then you should plan and maybe even start implementing internal processes for, first of all, administration of licensing agreements, and also how to allow rights holders to notify you about infringing content, uh, the process for how you can handle such requests, how to notify users, allow users maybe to complain. Uh, so have a think about that. Also, how you will remove content and notify users and rights holders. And then finally, which technology and, uh, and filtering mechanisms are you using? And what's available on the market that you could maybe or maybe will have to implement? So I think that's it. And also, of course, to follow the developments and the implementation in the member states. Uh, and I know some member states are already starting to to um, to implement this directive. Some are a bit reluctant to start. Some are objecting. So it's a really interesting process to follow, and you should keep an eye on that. And also, it's um, it could be a good thing to start initial conversations with your lawyer or counsel to make a plan and prepare maybe for how to to take this forward. So, um, yeah, so I think that's it. I hope it's uh, maybe a little bit useful. And, um, and to conclude, Laura, do you have uh, three things, say, that you want people to remember about this directive? Sure. So first thing is that it's landmark legislation, which will create a deep impact on the way content is distributed uh, digitally around the world. And the second thing is... Even if you are a company based outside of the EU, you will need to comply if you allow users to upload content that could qualify as EU copyright. And the last thing really is that you will have to determine if you're caught by the directive. And if you are, you have to start reviewing your internal processes and establish an action plan for compliance as the one you suggested, Anne. And that's about it. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for this episode. Uh, we really hope that you've enjoyed it. And if so, please subscribe through the usual channels to receive our latest podcasts. Thank you for listening. Thank you.